You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into The Happy Hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you. Um, we've got plenty of stuff to get to today. I, I want to talk about Husker Volleyball because they are 21-2 and two on the season. They have a couple interesting games coming up this weekend. Friday, they host Iowa. Um, the the not Hawkeyes... In, not interesting not, in the fact of the game. Yeah, no, but situation. it's, it's going to be the 300th consecutive regular season sellout for Husker Volleyball, a streak that started in 2001. And John Cook talked today like he does every Monday at 11 a.m. And it was it was basically a history lesson. It was really fascinating to hear because you don't hear these stories. You can't look up these facts, these, these stories um, anywhere online. You have to get them from the head coach. And I, I apologize for the length of this answer from John Cook. But he was asked, you know, if you if you think back, they switched venues from a four thousand seat coliseum to the eight thousand plus seat uh, Devaney Center, where they have you know however many courtside seats, and they have the standing room only, and they have the um, the the boxes, the suites, they have all that um, new. And it was fascinating to hear the story and the conversations that happened between him and Tom Osborne. And so here's John Cook talking about how the inner workings kind of played out um, and just kind of how everything settled and was designed in the Devaney Center. Um, once again, it's a little bit longer of an answer, but it's really informational, really fascinating stuff. Well, here, here's the story. When when they announced basketball was moving to PBA uh, and they were going to, you know, what was going to happen with Devaney, uh, Coach Osborne was going in to meet with the regents to discuss it and get the money for it. And I got call, uh, called by reporters. I don't remember if Brent was still here or was here then. And uh, they said, are you guys moving to Devaney? And I said, if it's not good enough for volleyball or basketball, why would it be good enough for volleyball? And then I got the call from Coach Osborne about 10 minutes later, get up to my office. So we, he was pretty upset because I didn't know at the time he was going to the regions to do this later that day. And... Uh, so he just said, what, what do we have to do to make this good for volleyball? And I said, we've got to take the Coliseum and we've got to plant it in, in Devaney and uh, make it the same type of feel. So we sat down and made a list of seven things right there on his desk. And, and one of them was creating an intimate environment. Because volleyball, you, you feel close to it. It's a great sport to watch and feel. And you get to see the players' emotions and all those things, you know. It's hard in football because they have helmets on. Uh, basketball, it's a little bit easier, but you know they Pinnacle Bank is a huge arena, and so he agreed. He agreed, and the, we got John Ingram and, and Maggie Thorne did a tremendous job of designing it and making it really cool. And then they said Paul Myers was here at the time. He says, "Hey, we're going to put in sky boxes." I go, "What are you going to do that for?" He goes, "There's no way those are going to sell out." He goes, "No, we're going to sell them." And then we're going to put in 128 courtside seats. And then we're going to put in standing room only. I go, who the heck's going to go stand up there? And we're, I think our standing room only is sold out this year. I think they're selling out pre now, like 300. Uh, you know, and those sky boxes have been booked solid. I think the people, original people that bought them haven't turned them over. And our courtside seats are hardest seat in town to get. So 
they they dreamed big. I I, I didn't want to lose the sellout streak, um, but a lot of the a lot of that credit goes to Coach Osborne, who he says, hey, we're going to do this right. We're going to make it good for volleyball. Because I was worried, what if we put volleyball in Devaney, and you know people don't like it, and then there's going to be complaining we're not in the Coliseum, and and you know, and then, then we could lose interest. But the other the other thing that it did by us moving and uh, it it we could have lost a generation of fans by staying in the Coliseum because people don't weren't giving up their seats and we have an older crowd we didn't have a student section we, we there was no place if a high school team wanted to come in they, they couldn't get in the Coliseum there's no tickets so uh, we could have lost a whole generation by opening Devaney we got 4,000 more season tickets and a whole new generation of fans and a lot of those are younger families and younger kids uh, and I see how many kids are down there in that hallway after the matches so it was a great move but coach Osborne John Ingram Maggie Thorne those are the guys that made it happen so there you go um once again I, I know it's a lengthy answer but fascinating stuff when you hear he he was not on board with a couple of the things that they wanted to do boxes uh, standing room only can you imagine and it's fascinating now to where call from your ad yeah get up to my office now yeah and 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 Osborne was not happy that he was like listen if it's not good enough for basketball it's not good enough for volleyball but it also speaks to what John Cook what, what where his goals were from that day on and and what his goals and and what he's wanted to make this place since day one mm-hmm. and it's and it's to make it a volleyball powerhouse not only nebraska but because as he said um having a bigger venue and a bigger stage like the the, the Devaney, it allows younger fans to go and he he was concerned that they might miss a whole entire generation but then you look at what Husker volleyball could do for also high school and club talent around the state and Nebraska club talent when you when you go into the lower levels is is better than it ever has been before and the state of Nebraska is just a volleyball factory it for, is for other universities for the girls that unfortunately can't attend Nebraska because mm-hmm. the squad is filled go on to other power five high level volleyball schools and 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 yeah. produce and and people love to love to try and do the thing that they do with football like oh how could you let her get out of the state and it's like well she was the the you know third ranked player in the state and the seventh ranked player in the nation but you know John Cook went and got the top three players in the nation. So well, you talk it's, about it's, the hard to, it's hard to keep everybody in the state, especially with volleyball with a smaller roster. But just the fact that you know Nebraska volleyball is able to use the Devaney as and and the ability to bring in high school teams and club teams and have them see you know high level volleyball and and meet the players and meet Coach mm-hmm. Cook and and all of that just just speaks to how influential this volleyball program is within the state and and how amazing it was that they were able to move from the Coliseum to the Devaney. And although people miss the Coliseum and how how intimate it was, like he said, there wasn't room for a student section. There wasn't room for high school uh, teams if they wanted to come in. There there wasn't room for many other people because, as he says, the older generation was holding on to their tickets because that's, that's the crowd that watches volleyball is an, yeah. is an older crowd. So moving to the Devaney and, and opening up those seats, opening up the standing room only, despite him kind of being against it they've they've been able to sell it out they've been able to to keep that place rocking for you know coming up on on uh the game against iowa 300 straight matches so okay so here we go 
Um, when we talk about recruiting from Nebraska or for Nebraska, just the other day we we didn't get to touch on this. Back on November third, so five days ago, Nebraska actually flipped a commit or, or a, a player, a twenty twenty three libero or libero, however you want to pronounce it, um, from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So she was originally committed to Minnesota. Obviously, um, she is she's from Raleigh, North Carolina. She was originally committed to Minnesota. Hugh McCutcheon announced that he was going to retire. I think she decommitted um, after decommitted. That. And then now is coming to Nebraska, um, but here's the th- here's the deal. This is a little bit of a write up. Ranked as the number five overall recruit in the class of 2023. Um, here we go. So she said three weeks ago in this in her commitment post said three weeks ago my life and volleyball career took an unexpected turn when Hugh McCutcheon announced that he was going to retire. So she he, she ended up de- decommitting from from Minnesota, but in Nebraska's 2023 class, get this. Nebraska has the number two, the number four, number five, number seven, and number 13 overall recruits in the class of 2023. Number one class once again. Yeah. And, and in, I think and, it's three or four years in a row. And in, in, in uh, excuse me, cl- the class of 2024, they already got the number one overall player in the country in Sky Pierce. Yep. So, and all, so all, was that five or six players in 2023? Mm-hmm. All, all of them are going to be <laughs> taking part in the Under Armour All American uh, volleyball match. It's, it's the, I mean, just the factory. All yes, the we, we, all, we all caught it. There was one more John Cook, Cook quote in there, uh, Rico. Go yes. ahead and, and play that one for us. Uh, this one about how the sellout streak began. Yeah. Well, there's a story behind that, too. You want the story? Okay. All right. So we were getting ready to take an international trip in 2000, my first year here. I went and spoke to the beef club. And this guy, do we do the question and answer thing afterward? And they said, hey, who's paying for your trip to China? I said, I don't know. I mean, Bill Burns doing something. I said, we have a match club. It'll pay for part of it. And uh, he said, well, you know, if it wasn't for football, you guys wouldn't be able to go. And I walked out of there and made a vow, someday we're going to shut that guy up. And uh, so the first thing we decided in 2001, I challenged our fans, like, we need to start a sellout streak like football, so let's do it. And that's why I said our fans have delivered, you know, great credit to them. And we, you know, Started selling more season tickets in the Coliseum, and then uh, we've continued. And that was in 2001. We started that streak, so that's how it all started. And you know, now we're selling out an 8,000 seat arena. Just a, a wild, wild story. Like I said, history day for in the John Cook press conference. I wonder if that guy, but like, pays attention to volleyball now. Who and, knows? And sees that, and it's just like that was me. That's my bad. Does does he? Well, does he sit there and go, "You're welcome"? Does he still? <laughs> Does he does he try to does he still think football's paying for volleyball? Well, that or also does he go to volleyball games? That'd be a great question. Somebody needs to find too bad, that guy. Too bad we can't find him. No, the guy that made John Cook vow the to beef, himself. If anybody knows the Beef Club 2000, <laughs> volleyball's talking to him before they head off to China. Does anybody know anybody that was at that meeting? Yep, exactly. Anybody with the Q and A? And he said, "You know, volleyball. You know, football's paying for you guys." <laughs> Only reason you can go to China is because of football. Which John and, Cook walked in out there and honesty, said, "Bet." Yeah, in all honesty, I mean that's the that's the truth. I mean, vo- or football funds a lot of sports um, and, and keeps a lot of sports alive. Baseball, softball, th- those kind of sports, even the smaller ones. So I get that um, that football is is a huge money maker. But now volleyball is is transitioning to just. I mean, they're kicking ass. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. 
Um, let's go doing ahead. That, doing it for years. Yeah. I, at 2000, can you imagine that happening and then John Cook going and winning a national championship yeah. and just sitting there being that guy and just like, well, here we you are. You could thank football. Thanks, football, for helping us out. All right, once again, 402-464-5685, the, uh, the Honda of Lincoln hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Um, somebody says, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure volleyball is self-funding right now. I, I truly don't know the answer to that question. I would assume they're, they're pretty darn they, close. I, I know, believe they are. I know they make money. Um, they are not in the negative like a lot of other sports are. Rico's keyboard, keyboard to, fingers. How, I, how would you um, look that up? It would more be like UNL's athletic disbursement um, to see how much they have to fund each program and, and how much the, the net profit lost, all that. Um, anyway, so once again, 402-464-5685. I just thought that was really interesting. I understand um, we're, we're in the heart of football season and basketball just started up, but that was really interesting stuff as well as the Huskers.com Twitter broadcast of the press conference was not uploaded during John Cook. So no, not very many people got to hear that. Yeah, um, it sucks. It, it was it was fascinating stuff though. Live when it was he, he's just talking about how the the process of moving from uh, the Coliseum to the Devaney Center, as well as as just the motivation to begin a sellout streak. Because on Friday they will celebrate their 300th consecutive regular season sellout, um, and that's like like John Cook said in the in the clips. Uh, standing room is being pre-sold. I mean, it, it, it's just it's a it's a it's a hot commodity, hot commodity um, around around Nebraska and around Lincoln because they are twenty one and two. Uh, just side note on on just a couple statistics with Husker volleyball. They uh, the move to the Devaney Center has made Nebraska's volleyball program profitable each year. There you go. Problem Thank solved. You. Yep. Uh, Jory says, spoiler alert: football still pays for everything and always will. Thank you. Um, all right, so Husker volleyball twenty one cool, twenty one and two overall. They won in five sets on Sunday against Northwestern. Um, the Northwestern player that was that was seriously injured got taken to the hospital has been released um, and, and is in stable condition under care of the the Northwestern athletic trainers. Nebraska, like I said, hosts Iowa on Friday at six p.m. Then they have a quick turnaround and travel to number six Ohio State. The Buckeyes are seventeen and five. They play them on Sunday at three thirty p.m. Um, so a couple things just of note for Husker volleyball going forward. All right, the game last night with Husker men's basketball, Rico. Um, maybe we'll push Mickey Joseph the audio because I know you guys talked about it in the water cooler. Maybe we'll kind of push our thoughts to tomorrow. Um, but let, so I, we got a couple minutes here, really quickly. The Husker men's basketball game last night. Obviously, Huskers get a win. They're they're one and zero on the season. And I was talking to Jake this morning before the, the drive, and we were both like in the same headspace of, "Listen, we're going to celebrate wins because they haven't they haven't come very you know very uh, often for Nebraska basketball, and we don't necessarily want to cover a coaching search or a coaching change with both football and basketball. So we want Fred Hoiberg to work out well. Um, here's what's so weird about it." There's so much less drama around the basketball program right now, even with Fred Hoiberg, because it's not all you don't have all the off the field crap tied with Fred Hoiberg or off the court stuff tied mm-hmm. with Fred Hoiberg. It's it is strictly wins and losses. What have you done for this program? And it feels just very vanilla and, and cut and dry to where it's like, all right, listen, if if Fred Hoiberg ends up getting fired or we have to make a change, 
it's it's strictly just going to be because he didn't win games. Not all this extra baggage that it felt like with Scott Frost. And I, I mean, you could say, and I know some people will say, well, that's just because people don't don't pay attention to football or pay attention to basketball as much as they pay attention to football. So football is under a lot more scrutiny under a microscope, playing under uh, the microscope, and and. and Everybody's got their eyes and ears pinned to the football program, whereas basketball has like mm-hmm. a select group of people who who pay attention and care about basketball. But at the same time, it's still one of the money making sports at a university. Um, so, despite it not being under a microscope, like you said, all of the off the court issues that have not arisen with the basketball program makes it not a lot easier to to talk about, but a lot easier to determine. You know how how good the coach is doing because you don't have to deal with, you know, this person's getting in trouble here, this person's doing this, or, you know, the, this coach is getting in trouble doing this or, or, you know, whatever. It's just, all right, well, they won this game. They lost this game. They should have won this one. They should have lost that one. But what makes it especially um, difficult to determine the success of this Nebraska basketball program, I mean, not now within the first um, three, four years of Fred Horber because they've been historically bad, is just the fact that there hasn't been – the type of success that football has had in the in basketball's past. They've had yeah. success, but they haven't had national championships. They haven't they haven't won an NCAA tournament game. So a moderate amount of success would feel monumental for basketball, but that's the exact problem with Fred Hoiberg is they haven't that's had a, a smidgen of success. During his te- during his tenure with the Huskers, it was funny. And as we wrap up this segment, it was funny because Kent Pavelka on the radio broadcast last night. Because I do not have Big Ten Plus, um, I think it's a waste of money. Um, but that's another <laughs> soapbox thing that the production level is just bad. Normally, Careful, we have somebody that, made um, that was calling a well, game. Well, on yeah, BTN no, 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 Plus. no. Strict the the broadcasters. I'm saying Nebraska's product is fine. It's the other other places' products. Like when you think about baseball, I'm saying like that's when I canceled the Big Ten Plus. Was because the baseball broadcasts were, were horrible. They're trash, and you have you have people that don't know necessarily how to do it. Um, you don't know how to run the cameras. Don't know how to talk on the air. People who think, don't know baseball. People that don't know the sport. Um, that didn't put in the right prep work. And thankfully, Nebraska. If they don't have broadcasters like like last year, you you still had you still had Jessica Cootie and you had Buzzy Carruthers. So you had two people that actually have been around the sport. Mm-hmm. You have now Strickland filling in or you know replacing Buzz. So now once again, you have somebody that knows the sport just as well or better than anybody else. It's it's the people that or or when Nebraska, for example doesn't have broadcasters, they will take the extra step and sync it with the radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's what they did with the women's basketball game yesterday. Which is like great. you sync it with the women's or with the broadcast, which is easy and it's just an extra step that you gotta take and it's lazy. So to charge people nine bucks, nine bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever it costs to have no to, to be lazy and, and to not do your job correctly or, or in a professional manner just kind of pisses me off. But anyway, um it was funny because last night on the radio broadcast Kent was like yeah, this this is a roster in Nebraska that looks a lot different than last year, and like I looked, I thought to myself, that's been the situation every single year. It feels like mm-hmm. is there's always new faces. Oh, look, it's different. Exactly. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Rico will be joined by Strick and Nate. They'll probably talk about Husker hoops as well. Um, if if you guys don't mention it, I I'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Kind of surprised by the Ramel Lloyd situation. Very surprised. I'm sure, Lloyd they're, is, I'm sure they're yeah. going to get into it on their show, but I will ask Strick and yeah. their feelings on so, it because I was not, I was I was not prepared that. for that. Yeah, so Ramel Lloyd Jr., the four-star freshman guard from Sierra Canyon, who is a point guard, which is a, a position of need 
uh, for Husker, for the Nebraska men's basketball team is he was announced last night. Fred Hoiberg said that he'll redshirt, um, but it's it's interesting to see. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be uh, we'll be joined by Strick and Nate coming up on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.